Welcome to Wacker Slaps, where we look back into the annals of 2000s indie music to determine if an album or a band or an even entire musical movement was actually good or just a product of the hype machine of that moment. Like all great podcasts, this is a direct spinoff of an unhinged group text that simply refuses to die. And of course, I am joined by a couple of guys who actually do quite well with the focus group. So yeah. <laughs> Congrats. Yes, and I am Band Noah. Favorites. Yeah, and I'm Noah, aka the Dream Papa. Okay, uh, and I'm Adrian, your friendly producer, and I'm in charge of the noise made by people. Very nice. And I'm Caleb, a former member of the Dream Popping Daddies. Ooh. AKA Papa Dream. It's totally <laughs> bizarre that that was like a popular band with a popular band name. Like, yeah. In hindsight, it's even weirder to think like because that shit was happening when we were like pretty young, right? Yeah. Younger Swing. than 10. Junior right. high, you know. Ish. So we had to say things like it's, we had to say the term cherry popping daddies like <laughs> out loud. Were like, they at the record our, store around sir, our parents sir. and shit? And they're like, what the fuck? You know, it's like, were they swing? What was their deal? They were swing revival. Yeah, yeah, swing revival. Very popping daddies. Yeah, zoot suit riot. Yeah, zoot suit uh, riot. Which was on porn not hub. a song to make, not a thing to make a light of. Yeah, no, very just get very into violent. it. Yeah. Yeah, I remember get there. Into, we're talking about the bunch of honkies, second wave swing. <laughs> uh swingers of course it was called swing revival the waves were with ska but that's for our other podcast welcome but i feel like the ska second wave ska all tied into it it was like you do want to talk about it terrible (laughs) yeah terrible late 90s yeah no pivot pivot from grunge or something it was like a reaction yeah it was the 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 real uh, big fishification of the music industry it was almost like a make america great again type of weird nostalgia thing yeah i saw a tweet years ago that was like i'm not saying that people into rockabilly are inherently racist but there is something weird about celebrating a pre-civil rights act uh subculture <laughs> <laughs> or both moment in history or whatever yeah, yeah. so Fair. it's like i think it's that kind uh, of vibe. yeah caleb you live in the apparently rockabilly apparently. capital of the I united mean, states <sighs> I think with anything <laughs> in the Bay Area, though, it's kind of been, you know, niche. neutered. And uh, <laughs> I don't see a whole lot of rock bills. I do see a lot of really nice cars in around my neighborhood. Yeah. Where um, Caleb lives, there's no less than three bowling shirt stores and <laughs> all car washes and like uh, malt shops, 19 uh chevy 57 chevy repair shops and stuff like that yeah they got the soda jerk just down the street yeah there's a soda shop but uh anyways that's a joke for like barely anybody that uh (laughs) in oakland california punk rockers go to alameda to die and be reborn (laughs) as uh rockabilly dads it's true i mean i'm probably gonna go cut my hair next week do they just yeah, hand out like selvage jeans and bandanas and yeah, shitty like yeah spider web? How long tats. is your chain wallet at this point? <laughs> My chain wallet? Yeah, 
I never looked back. I got rid of that thing. The chain wallet you forged in probably my second year of high school or something. Did we? Yeah. Did we all rock the chain wallet at some point? Well, you know, guys, I've talked to people a lot about this in relations to kind of the accoutrements of like subcultures what you wear i feel like we all didn't do that because we all went to catholic school and like we like five days out of the week you know we had to like dress a certain way so it would have been like crazier to code switch into like something that was more like yeah for just those two days that was more like subcultural so even like thing is edgy or not as edgy as a chain wall it was just like man we have to fucking hide it from the teachers and this is exhausting (laughs) yeah see our previous podcast where I always tried to not dress like what I was into. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I was a little kid, I used to think chain walls are cool. And I would always still like the um, you had the, the chain from the, the weight like bench that was in the, yeah. the sunroom. Our brothers our would have them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were prime. prime I feel like me and Adrian for... might've had him in eighth grade when it was like, a, Oh, definitely. Like a revival of that. Even though was that more like, was a, probably less than ten years old, trying to bring it anyways. back. Trying, I was know. more of a a G. I had an initial belt. That's kind of like yeah, let it hang. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the little the little silver tip on it, like the tightest. It was like a corset for men. Like it really was because the just, pants you wore had to be like eight sizes too big. Yeah, yeah. You tried to make your waist. Your waist so tight. And yeah. the, they would the sell excess. it by the foot, like at Young's Clothing or <laughs> yeah. whatever. And people didn't know how fucking like well, their waist sizes. They're like, I don't know, give me four feet of that fucking like whatever. I'll make it work. Initial belt. Well, speaking of initials, welcome back to WOS. This is our forty-eighth episode. Who is your favorite person who has ever been forty-eight, guys? Like ever? Like I don't know. yeah. Like my mom and dad. Yeah. There you go. Adrian. So who's your favorite person? Nah. Older, 48 or older. Well, Adrian was like, it's like, no, my mom's turning 47. Uh that's like the I, I joke say, I always do to my mother-in-law. Every birthday, I'm like, hey, happy 45th. They love it. Not 29th. It. No. It's kind of weird because she's like a grandma, you know. So mm. it's in some weird territory. <laughs> It's thought to be plausible, you know. Yeah, that's lascivious. Yeah. Oh, nice <laughs> word, nice word. But uh, yeah, welcome back, everyone. What are we doing today, Noah? Today we have on the podcast episode forty-eight from the year two thousand and three. The album is "Ha Ha Sound" by the group Broadcast, or as they would up? call it these days, LOL Sound. Yeah, as they call it, it'd be the land cast. Can't say broad. You can't call somebody broad, so you'd have to call them like she, her, cast. LOL, sound by she, her, cast. Yeah, terrestrial cast. See, kids, before streaming, there was a thing called broadcast. No, I can't even do that bit. Yeah, I don't even act... (laughs) I. I couldn't do that big because I don't even know how broadcast actually works. Central broadcast. CBS used to be a radio. NBC. ABC. They all did. They all did. They still they do. Got their, they got their Technically, start. right? I yeah. I think that's gone. It's all clear channel. <laughs> well, they all have like, they're all like, they have syndicated news that's still on the radio from all that. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to talk about the Rothschilds. <laughs> no, no. Do you know they should have been on the Titanic, <laughs> but then at the last minute, 
they didn't go on the Titanic. It's Jacob Astor went, the richest man in the world at the time, co-founder of Macy's, and they they marked them on the Titanic fool because he like uh, he didn't want to start uh... the Federal Reserve fool. <laughs> he didn't want to start the did... Federal Reserve and they go off the gold standard, and so they, they killed, killed him it. and fifteen hundred other people to cover it up, so they can control the monetary system. It was the same thing with uh, was his name Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> the 9-11 thing yeah because like the fox was gonna sell the uh the network and they the simpsons were so valuable but they were like we need also south park to be valuable to really sell this sunday animation block of shows so let's kill this guy <laughs> no, i'm just I can. <laughs> wait, wait, what was he supposed to be on one of the planes? He was on yeah, the he was he was supposed to be. He missed it or something. 5 or whatever, the the Pennsylvania one. The one yeah. Oh, the he like slept in. Slept in. Yeah. And he missed oh, it. Oh, crazy. So. He was like, "Do." If he would have been on a plane with Mark Wahlberg, he would have been fine. Hey, yeah. He's like, "Oh, I wish my dad was on the flight 97. My name is Stewie." <laughs> <laughs> whatever i can't even do a fucking family guy uh, <laughs> Let's start yeah it's funny movie. everyone's all worried about shit being written by ai and stuff i mean i think family guy has been written by ai for like past i don't know 25 <laughs> years or fucking long it's been on tv Christ. the orville's good though. <laughs> the what the cleveland show the oh, cleveland boy. show is great so yeah dude that's a hidden gem american dad all, all right, all right, guys. Giggity, giggity. We need to move on. Uh, um, <laughs> okay, Caleb, what are we doing? I already said, uh, Adrian, <laughs> do you have a a review of uh, Broadcast 2003 album Haha ha Sound? I believe their third album. It is their second album. Second album. Second. Oh wow! Do you yeah. do better? And I do have a review. It actually, this was a very short, to the point review. Uh, really four paragraphs basically but to start off from the top here the pitchfork gave them a score of 8.2 for this one uh they did not get a best new music i think this pre not this uh i don't think this i think this was just after they started doing best new music but it did not receive it it was reviewed by scott plaganoff uh i think we've done a few of his reviews before he was a big guy and I think he was still up through like the 2010s, yeah, late 2010s. But anyhow, I pulled a little excerpt here that I can get into. And I think it sums up things pretty nicely. So here we go. A pop rock band that has been affiliated with Drag City, Tommy Boy, and Warp, broadcasts seem comfortable as outsiders searching for their own unique aesthetic. On The Little Bell, Keenan claims, Deep inside my wooden clock, there is a tick but not a talk. Although into a room it chimes, it only tells me half the time. She could have easily been talking about Broadcast's approach to creating off-kilter beauty. On Ha Ha Sound, Broadcast take the infectious tick of pop and add it to the head music talk of often non-pop genres. European art house soundtracks, exotica, incidental music, Ohm-style electronic pioneers. Ohm is a reference to, I don't know if you guys know that compilation. It was like an early pine uh, electronic pioneers compilation. Uh, oh, nice. Editors note there, <clears throat> but uh, the result is an enveloping, mysterious record that marries the idealism of the future of tomorrow today, 
to the stark reality of the post-millennial present and finds beauty and fascination in the tussle between melody and rhythm. Uh, no, which I think, you know, this is a pretty good job of describing how it, yeah. how this record sounds and how it presents itself. He also, that guy's rich now because he invented TikTok. Yep. <laughs> no, for our younger listeners, TikTok was this thing, these things called clocks used to make. <laughs> It it's kind of like what was on your phone, but nailed to a wall and it would make the sound. There was a time. You I guys want to know anything about that. There was always this noise in the background of everywhere you were. Watching. <laughs> it was like. <laughs> it was fucking maddening. Hey, what's slower, guys? Boomer's Corner. <laughs> what is slower? Uh, a minute on the treadmill or a minute when you were in class, you know, <laughs> when you're in school that minute on that? I swear to God, they slowed those clocks down, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they were always like, Oy vey. Mr. Otiveros, just because you watch the clock does not make it go any faster. And I was <laughs> like, that's probably not even true. Yeah. Time is relative. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck and then you get older and you learn how to bend time, if you know what I mean. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Was I staring at the clock? I'm stoned. <laughs> it's always four, it's 420 But somewhere. if you're here and I'm here, isn't it our time? Our time? Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's true. Good for sure. Anyhow, right. yeah, haha sound. So, well, uh, what was a uh, what was broadcast deal? You know, before uh, before we jump into all that. Because, you know, yeah. kind of touch on them sound-wise, you know, kind of what labels they were on, which, you know, from afar, it's like, those are more like electronic labels, especially like, not so much Drag City, but, but definitely Warp. And, or you know, Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy, yeah. Which is known for like, you know, dance music, kind of. Dance and hip-hop. Hip-hop adjacent rap. stuff, comps, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But, um, yeah. Definitely in the electronic realm for all of them, though, in terms mm-hmm. of the, the artists that they did have. Yeah, 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 sure. yeah. But Jackson, yeah, Drag City was more kind of like experimental American stuff, more like you know, um, murder, kind of Americana. Levels. Sure. Uh, yeah. No, I think uh, Dream House Pop, Brothers, right? Shit like that. Small. Is that what we're calling them? Yeah. 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 You know, I, I I think that the Wikipedia think, calls them indie tronica. Yeah. Which oh, I know bands bands hate that term. <laughs> <laughs> This is like our third Indietronica album. Just wait till we get to Electro Clash. It's really oh gonna fucking ruffle some feathers. Yeah, our Fisher Spinner episode. Uh, you make a <laughs> pop song in a dream, you better wake up and dream pop me. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah I'd I mean, say they're the, sorry, I, I was just gonna say I, I I think that they are, you know. All of these things we're talking about, they're dream pop, they're noise pop, they're electronic pop. Indietronica seems dumb. I hate that term. It's It means nothing. I mean, I guess you could say it means indie, independent electronic music, but that's not really a sound thing. Anyways, yeah. they, 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 they bring together a lot of things. I actually wrote a note. It's kind of a little, uh, it, I don't know, when I wrote it, I'm like, this is like my Dennis Miller line here. It's like... This sounds like if Stereo Lab were more interested in the vel- were more interested in the Velvet Underground and Silver Apples slash the United States of America than Esquivel and uh, their blow up soundtrack. Cha cha cha, dude, Adrian, I was gonna totally do the same thing. <laughs> a Dennis Miller joke. A Dennis Miller joke. Yeah, <laughs> he's due for a revival. Like, I was gonna be like, yeah, I like groovy noise, babe. 
Is that Chekhov's <laughs> gun in your pocket? Or are you just happy to see me, babe? <laughs> Only the one in a million people would find that be. funny. That's what we call the that is well, Miller ratio. And just to be clear, we all agree with his politics. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Not so much in his comedy, great politics. Oh, God. <laughs> great. Yeah, no, but that's totally. a good point, Adrian. Say that again. Do it again. <laughs> Run it back. <laughs> All right. So let's this, dissect it. Okay, go. They sound like if Stereo Lab, yes. more interested in the Velvet Underground and Silver Apples or Great the United band. States of America than Esquivel and the Herbie Hancock blow up soundtrack. Oh, blow okay. up. I like it. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with blow out. Also great. Also good. What's the one about the IRA? Is that blow out? Uh, blowouts, the De Palma, Travolta. Blow up. Nancy. Uh, Blow up sorry. is the Antonioni, Antonioni photograph. So wait, what's the one with Tommy Lee Jones and Jeff Bridges? That's like a, it's like a. Oh, uh, blown away. Blown away. Oh. <laughs> I'm more of a blown away that's guy. That's a good, that's a good three. <laughs> no, the trifecta the is the conversation. The, the couple. Oh, of, of course. Movies. Of course. Those three movies are like connected. Yeah, it doesn't have the word blowing it though. I know. So, yeah, no, that's that's good. Yeah, that's kind of you know because you could call them dream pop, which they you know totally share a lot of things similar with dream pop dance. But I feel mm-hmm. like they're a little bit later. Not that dream pop is still made now, but I always think of dream pop in kind of the you know late eighties, early nineties. This was kind of a lull in the dream pop. I would yeah. say. I mean, there's a couple of bands out I there, but that, for the I most think part, they were I think they're just incidentally. They were totally. yes, yes, because I think they started before, say, Beach House, and I think Beach House kind of usurped yeah, or, them right? or Deer yeah. Hunter, too. I feel like yeah. Deer Hunter owns Beach owes House, them Deer Hunter, Deer Hunter, even like they never quite broke through. They always had their cult, but yeah. I think they never reached the highs of well, say, I think based say, on a Beach House, I think where they're fr- from in the world and also label affiliations, I think they were more embraced by people who were, you know, more kind of electronic music listeners yeah. or sure, which is cool, which is which is dope, which is what I really think is interesting about this band is they hell. are firmly mm-hmm. rooted in electronics. Mm-hmm. They use they might use more antiquated methods of it, but I feel like they have the same, yeah dedication to it that you know an Aphex twin would or you know sure yeah or 73 or whatever you know more it's like just obsessed with sound yeah it's more antiquated electronics than uh so you're just uh, doing impression the russian uh, benjamin Army. franklin <laughs> flying <laughs> a kite with a key on the end of it babe, it, babe. <laughs> great um, adrian well let where are they from adrian Give us some they history. are from Birmingham, England. What? Second, second largest, <laughs> second largest city in the, the UK in the England. <laughs> home of a uh, home of what band? What other band? Oh, I can think of one other famous band. They're, they're a big one. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yes, a band of course is Napalm Death. <laughs> Uh, I thought it was Black Sabbath. No, it is. I was going to say Judas Priest, but you know. <laughs> yeah, Judas Priest, Godflesh. I think they're all from uh, oh, Birmingham. Godflesh. No, I was thinking of Black Sabbath. That's that's, so that's, the, that's Birmingham. The, the band. Birmingham. Yes. They the band represent Birmingham, I would say. They they are noisy as fuck. They're like we gray. Fucking around. We're in your gray. Face. Yeah. Industrial. 
a little like underdogish, you know. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. A little chip on your shoulder. They listen to Sabbath. <laughs> Their drummer definitely listens to Sabbath. Yeah, so we can get right into it here for a little bit of album background. So, Haha ha Sam was recorded in fragments in various locations through 2002 and 2003. Uh, it was actually preceded by a couple of EPs that uh, shared some songs with this. It was produced by the band themselves, uh, broadcast, uh, made up of Trish Keenan, the singer, James Cargill, okay. Tim Felton, and a couple of drummers, Neil Bullock and Phil Jenkins. James uh, Cargill, the political advisor? <laughs> you're, that's James Carvel, the snake-like man who... Uh, like, we're going <laughs> to take the noise out of Birmingham. We're going to put it back into the noise in Birmingham, England. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, I understand the other half of America because I'm oh, yes. married to a Republican. <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne, I was born with the odds against me. Great. Never learned Good how stuff. to properly grow eyebrows. What's that uh, documentary with a minute? The War Room. Oh, yeah. Room. Good stuff. Good stuff. And then I there's like that. know how to grow hair. <laughs> but shit. Don't piss on my head and tell me it's a goddamn mullet. <laughs> And then what was the um, fictionalized movie of his life? It's like the rom-com that's based on him and his wife's relationship. Uh, oh, with, with uh, uh, Gina yeah, Davis and Michael yeah. Keaton, right? Uh, oh, Gina Davis. Classic 90s, babe. Because yeah. he married the opposition. Yeah, he's the... married to like a Republican. Or as I like uh, to call him, the enemy. He's like, I fuck a Republican. I fuck her. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> back to the record. <laughs> it was released by Warp Records, which we have talked about plenty of times before, I believe, uh, at least a couple times. Uh, Warp Records, great record label, uh, home to a lot of very well-known and influential electronic artists, as we mentioned, Aphex Twin, uh, Audiker, a couple of other uh, electronic, big, big, big electronic artists on that label. So it makes sense that broadcast would uh, slot right in. Um, yeah. It was released by Warp on August 11th, 2003. It is indeed their second studio album, as we mentioned. 8-11, baby. <laughs> so I only have a little bit of background information. It was a little sparse on this one, so we can get through it pretty quick. But uh, just a couple of notes here. So Trish Keenan recorded her vocal tracks with her head in a cardboard box, which he said gave it a closeness and deadness that makes it sit in the mix a bit nicer. And I'll agree, it does feel very nice in the mix, and it does have kind of a claustrophobic feel, even though it's very ethereal. I, um, I can relate to that, too. I've been told to put my head in a cardboard box. <laughs> I got my dick in a box right now. <laughs> got my dick in a box. Um, oh, man, that was good. Yeah, I remember that. Remember that? 15 that years like ago. 2003, right? <laughs> remember that thing that wouldn't go away? Oh, Yes. Uh, so Neil Bullock, the drummer, recorded his tracks in a local church nearby uh, before overdubbing some guitar and additional arrangements. So they were all pitching in on different sounds and, and different things going on. But it was their first charting album in the United States. How about that? It reached the top 10 of the Billboard dance charts, hitting number eight on the Dance Electronic Albums chart. Nice. Uh, not too bad. Not too shabby for their, uh, for a little band from Birmingham. It did receive critical acclaim upon release, and it landed on a quite a few end-of-the-year, best-of lists, etc. 
It uh, came in at number 121 on Pitchfork's Best Albums of the 2000s list, and it was also included on the Guardian's 1,000 Albums to Hear Before You Die list. Um, and then it received a lot of positive oh, thank reviews. Thank God. <laughs> we'll live. <laughs> it's like the ring or whatever. Oh, you have to. Did you say a thousand albums or to yeah. you're gonna die? It's like that I wonder, email I got. No, but seriously, how it's like many of those email. we've actually listened to? Probably a good number of them, right? I would oh imagine. yeah, I bet you. At least I mean, 10. between us, we had to have <laughs> heard at least 999 of them. Oh yeah. But anyways, it also received positive reviews from Q, Uncut, Blender, a bunch of other uh, online Very nice. magazines and you know publications and print publications, blogs, etc. Uh, but yeah, that's that's about all I have for this one. Sounds good. That's awesome. The movie I was thinking of is called Speechless. Speechless. Yes, hmm. it's a fictional. Uh, it's a very forgettable rom com starring uh, Michael Keaton, Gina Davis. And Why Bonnie were Bedelia. you thinking about that? Because it's uh, it's based <laughs> the on the life of Mary of James oh, Carville yeah. and Mary Madeline. I saw that in yeah. the theaters in 1994. Yeah, so, confused with Mary Madeline, the yeah actress. Right. So I saw it. Uh, do you guys that remember? is a waste of a movie for a ten year old to have to see. You don't get to see a lot of movies. You saw that in like, theaters. And, wow. Yeah. So I went and saw. Uh, do you remember the United Artists in the Mall? Yeah, before it was sure. Wallace. They turned to like, uh, like. <laughs> A yeah. second run movie house. Yeah, Wallace. It was, Wallace. It was it was dollar dollar popcorn, dollar soda, free refills. Stickiest we went, floors in the you'll we ever went, see. Me and yeah, my they buddy, cut corners on janitorial. Me services. and my buddy uh Robert at the time, we walked down to the mall and we saw Junior and we didn't realize Ooh. that you paid for a double feature. So it was like, What's the next movie? And it was speechless. And we're <laughs> like, Well, we got there. We got to stay. And then we got out of the movie and my parents were like frantic. Like, where the fuck were you? You were gone for like, <laughs> for like eight hours. You missed church and all this bullshit. I was like, well, it was a double feature. Shit. We got our money. I had to stay. <laughs> I had to stay. Watch, watch Speechless. Mom, Dad, who what is entitlement movie? reform? They kept talking about it in this movie. I'm just like. Somebody directed really, that. Really confused. Uh, I don't I'm sure somebody did direct it. It's like. Ron uh, Underwood. Oh yeah, homeboy. Uh, uh, white man can't jump, right? Is that? Yeah. Or no, that's Ron Shelton. No, he did City Slick. Oh, he did Tremors. Tremors. Nice. Oh yeah, Tremors. That's a good yeah. one. Great. Yeah, it's like that movie Nope. But oh, in he the did ground. City Slickers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Good director. Good yeah. filmmaker. Good film. Yeah. Good film. Mighty Joe Young. That has some great animal acting in it. Good film. Oh wow, yeah. Part of the monkey craze of the mid nineties. I love a good just just insipid nineties movie. Just that like a was movie when that you barely went to the there. movies, Caleb. Remember oh, yeah. that? You didn't you just care what you it. saw. <laughs> Whatever you fucking showed that. up. You just got, got money. Your little popcorn. <laughs> you got movies. Soda. <laughs> your soda you got pop. movies under your belt. You're just You're like, like okay, movies, show me something. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And anything can get greenlit. It's like somebody wrote a memoir. And you had a good time because you know why? Any you book were at was the getting optioned. Movies. <laughs> yeah. We're at the movies, baby. We were there. God, I saw so many movies. I was like a ten-year-old. Yeah. <sighs> good times. Yeah, we used gone. to go. It's all fucking gone. Like movies are gonna die in our lifetime. Congratulations. Well, movie houses, not movies. Congratulations, you lazy. I fucks. thought the movies were back. No, they're not. It's dying. It's like the opera. It's 
it's gonna be gone. Only for yeah. each, each support each your local people. movie houses, people. Yeah. Anyways, speaking of dying arts, let's get into <laughs> this album. All right. What's All right. next? What is next? Well, I guess we can just talk about uh thank you for the background agent as always. Yeah, you know, I think broadcast good band. I think they might I don't know. In terms of popularity, they might be one of the, the, the little underdogs of our of our little series. Yeah, a little slept um, on. Yeah, a little mm. slept on, which is cool. Yeah. I always like kind of going back and uh sort of a band finding band. Yeah, exactly. I always like kind of finding those bands in that kind of mold, you know. Yeah, because there's less uh I don't know, less bias attached to it or less hype or anything. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But um, again, well, I guess what's our what's our personal histories with this move? Yeah, Who wants to go first? I, I can go. Let me just jump into this. I don't really have much of one, honestly. You know, from kind of the era when we cover, they, they weren't really on my radar during that time. So I like, I would hear about them, you know, in, in the ether and in the indie sphere. But really didn't know what their deal was. I I I thought they're more of like an electronic group, like Boards of Canada or like DJ Shadow or whatever. I thought they were like mm. that kind of band. And I just based that on just a really dumb idea that bands that have like a kind of a name. A uh more like a mundane, basic, <laughs> good, but like mundane name. That's just the kind of music they make, you know. It's <laughs> yeah, like it's a band like basic channel, you know, it's like that kind of thing where it's just <laughs> like, true. oh no, it's dope, but it's like, yeah, kind of this minimalist like electronic music or something and like i don't know i was always kind of intimidated by that stuff because there's like so much of it and then you're like i don't even know where to start i don't really know how to listen to this but i was completely wrong about that obviously caleb um, thought that television was actually a tv and <laughs> pavement was actually like why would i want to listen to a record full of static <laughs> yeah pavement that does seem like a <laughs> joke from like uh, a 90s like sitcom it's like like you go like on like step by step whatever they're like my friend's band's playing and oh, it's like yeah. in a garage and we're called curtain or something yeah. you know what do you listen to son he's like pavement and then the like the dumb dad like gets down on his oh yeah and like puts his head Listens to the, to the he's like i don't hear nothing <laughs> <laughs> he's like what else are you listen he's like television hey hey now that was wrong. patrick duffy we can't talk ill of the band <laughs> He's passed, right? I think he passed, right? Maybe Patrick not. Duffy. He's still around. Hopefully, he was he's a still Buddhist. Around. He meditates like a Buddhist. Um, oh, good for him. He's like, yeah, Helmet. but <laughs> 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 these are all rock bands. I was thinking they're the electronic band, so I was wrong. But yeah, so I'd he'd, like see their reviews and stuff, and like pop up, whatever. But I really didn't like know more about them until I was at a barbecue in Oakland, like a number of years ago. And this uh, dude I knew who's, you know, musical taste, I entertained and trusted to a certain degree. And um, so he told me about the uh, the Berberian sound studio soundtrack they did. Um, yeah, the movie. Which which is fucking cool. And it's a dope movie, too. Yeah, um, the, what's his face, right? Toby uh, Jones. Toby yeah. Jones. The world's most English man. <laughs> um, the other Indeed. capote. Yeah, the, other, the lesser Capote. Yeah, they had, was that for the In Cold Blood movie? Yeah, no, no. Yeah, he, the... Oh yeah, well, uh, with Keener, right? It was him and Keener, or was she no, in the other one? No, Keener's in the, the one with one. Uh, Philip, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Won okay, the Oscar. Okay. And then the same year is called Infamous. Infamous, oh, and right? It's with the that's with what? Toby Jones and is it 
Sandy Bullock or the Oh, it's it? a similar actress. Demi Moore? No, 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 no. We're on the right track, but it's not. Somebody of note. It is. I'm not gonna look it up, but yes, I believe so. <laughs> that was back when they had a um uh, it was it was Sandy Bullock or so the oh, okay. Yeah. And, oh, she uh, played Gwyneth. a Lee uh uh Harper Lee. Harper, Harper Lee. Yeah, yes. Harper Lee, yeah, yeah. And uh uh Daniel Craig played his lover, I believe. Yeah. Um, but that's back when we had the phenomenon yeah, called what are they called? <laughs> twin movies. Um, Could you hands like, me a mint julep, please? Sw- uh, sibling movies, you know, trying sure. to like deep impacts, Armageddon's. Now they're all yeah. twin movies. Oh, every movie. Yeah, two superhero movies came out the same week. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. So, anyways, Berberine Sound System. Check it out. Check out Peter Strickland's other movies. Oh like yeah, the Dukes of Dukes of Burgundies. That's a freaky joint. Check that out. Oh, but yeah, so I watched the movie. Movies, totally fucking dope. It um like and it's interesting because like they did. I don't know if it's a score or if it's like it's kind of the plays in the movie is like diegetic or like um, non-diegetic. I don't know how that works, how it's like a soundtrack versus a score. But anyways, the music non-diegetic is if it's the character right, listening the, to the music on a radio. The say, yeah. Put on but a record. I don't live, know if they live music. I have, I'd, live music yeah. I'd have to go back and rewatch it to see if they do the score or they service more as like needle drops or like, you know, soundtracks like playing. Yeah. Sometimes how, it could like, be both. Yeah, I think it's somewhere between, but I think it's actually classified as a soundtrack, you know, because they're more like pop centric kind of songs. So that makes Pretty sense. Pop. Yeah, how did like a to the movie's dope and like the soundtrack is like that cool, like kind of Euro 70s trashy, kind of like paranoid, mm-hmm. but also like psychedelic kind of vibe, you know, it's uh, scary vibes, huh? Yeah, Dario Argento kind of thing and like music to boot. But then I've gotten into them more recently as I've kind of gone on a big dream pop jag, nice. you know, um, enjoy them along bands like the Sundays or Lush or, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the, the CT or like, you know, so, um, yeah. So, you know, I've been drifting to that. I like, I really like their album, Tender Buttons. I think it's like the last yeah. proper album uh, or their third album, at least. Um, mm-hmm. Really, really masterful album. Um, You're forgetting the crayon. Yeah, that's that's like rarities and stuff. Though. Oh, is that it's a compilation? Thing? Yeah, they have uh, yeah they have a couple of compilations. Yeah, and they have that's like the stuff with the fo- with the focus group. Yeah, I think that's officially like their last record. Is that one called yeah. the crayon? Uh, the future crayon. Yeah, future, future crayon. crayon. Yeah. yeah, future crayon. I think it's pronounced crayon. Yeah, crayon. No, I'm just. But then I've like gone back and listened to. It. I was watching like I forget who's. I was watching those Amiibo. What's in my bag? Videos and somebody had. A broadcast album i think it was tender buttons and so i think that's how i heard of it i saw them like on a dream pop like list so i got right was that it? i can't remember i cannot remember who it was some indie rocker some nerd like cool yeah but uh, <laughs> i don't even think somebody who's music i'm really into eric but, andre you know, or something in this case no it was like a band in this case i you know it was it was fruitful but i didn't realize that homegirl is no longer with us and she and she's been no. like she died from swine flu like yeah. way back when the OG COVID. So and I had no idea. I was like, whoa, that's I like their music. And I didn't realize they weren't making music anymore because she's passed. So RIP. But yeah, that that's it. And then with this album, I, I'd never heard before uh, up until um very recently. Sweet. 
Yeah. Yeah. That is tragic. I didn't realize either till we were doing this podcast. Really? Because I remember distinctly it happening and being a big, big deal. But uh Well, you're a better fan than we are. <laughs> well, I guess I was probably more of a fan back then. Yeah. Well, at guys. the time I didn't even believe in swine flu. <laughs> yeah, Adrian was a big uh, swine flu paranoiac. He's like, it's coming to American shores. Like, I'm stocking up on goddamn mass and toilet paper. It's like, get okay, us. Fauci, aka Snouchy. <laughs> Hashtag arrest I don't know, Fauci. I don't know what that insinuation is. Your pig snouch, right? Isn't that what a pig nose is called? A snouch? Am I making that up? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I think you're thinking of schnoz. Snout? Is there a word snout. called a So you're putting schnoz and snout together. <laughs> snouch. Snouch. Have you heard my band Snouch? <laughs> All right. That's well, I, I can get that into is a good it band. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I I I had first become aware, became aware of this band probably in the mid-2000s, maybe. When I was getting into like more electronic and esoteric stuff, I was getting into Stereo Lab, getting into you know the aforementioned Warp record stuff, uh, as well as stuff like yeah the Esquivel records, you know the Space Age, Get Bachelor Pad music, whatever. So I knew them because they were always kind of name dropped in the same kind of you know breath as Stereo Lab and all these other artists that are kind of doing the retro '60s, but kind of, yeah. you know retro futurist thing. So I I was interested in them and and I'd I you know I'd heard a handful of tracks single tracks from them from this record but I was much more familiar with their first record the noise made by people which is much more actually dream pop and dreamy and and smoother than this record a very good record uh, in its own right um, and I'm sure we'll cover that at some point maybe but it was you know it's, it's on the big board it's on the board for sure but you know I always liked it We're not a lot. <laughs> and the, I thought the songs, but I always liked that the songs from this record were a little bit more noisy, more abstract. I just, I, for whatever reason, I never sat down and listened to the full thing. Uh, but I did like how it, it sounded like they were kind of evolved as a as a band. And I'm always a sucker for any kind of analog synthesis. Yeah. I love old tech. I love junk shop keyboards. You know all that shit they're using on these records. Especially this Adrian, one. Adrian, his primary vehicle is a penny farthing. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, I, Adrian's what you might call a steampunk. Yeah. Actually, uh, I, I have Adrian, Adrian, when he. <laughs> I'm wearing and... goggles and a top hat right now. <laughs> yeah, and Adrian... he runs his computer off of a very complex, like, hydro system. Adrian <laughs> hasn't paid for a phone call in years. He does a little loot that replicates the. Yeah, the I'm a phone, phone freak. Oh yeah, yeah phone <laughs> freaks. <laughs> uh, that's gotta oh, be one man. of my favorite subcultures. Oh, I love that shit. All those early hackers were cool. <laughs> Captain Crunch, although I think he later turned out to be a. Uh, I think my mom passed, went to anyway. college with Captain Crunch. Oh really? My uncle went to college with uh, Waz, Steve Waz. Because she went to uh, Santa Clara, so she got yeah, those that's, free. That's right. She got all those free long distance. Oh, from the, the captain crunch maintain a wrong distance relationship <laughs> with our dad i would not be born if it wasn't for fucking microsoft wow wow amazing so yeah that that was kind of my experience with it but um i i always liked the band i thought that they were interesting and unique and certainly underrated uh always it, you know, and, and it was never they were never like a band that 
for whatever reason, like I never brought them up with other people. I don't know why. I just, it was not, it was just so under the radar, I guess. But then, yeah, it wasn't until, uh, and then when she died, it was definitely like, oh shit, like that's, that's, sucks like i i really like that band and um i yeah by then i had already i had you know listened to the to more of their stuff i think uh, tender buttons i definitely had heard by then yeah. um just for, again yeah for whatever reason this one kind of eluded me but uh but here we are discussing it so there yeah. you go same here um i have no history with with this album as far as broadcast goes i i had more of a history with the tender buttons which I listened to today, and it's a great follow-up. Yeah. say it's a little more subdued, but it's still noisy and weird and interesting. It's like a cool synthesis of their first two albums. Like yeah, it's, exactly. it's weird how it yeah. kind of goes back yeah, to it, kind of but it also so incorporates. Yeah. yeah, which is less, cool to less, do on a third album without little, like whittling it, like you know, sanding it yeah, down. Yep. A little less dancey or something. I think Ha Ha mm-hmm. Sound is the better album, but. Tender Buttons is nothing to sleep on. And same with no. the album prior. Yeah. The music for people or what is it called? The noise made by people. Yes. Yeah. But I was this was just a band broadcast. I was always circling them, like, oh, I'll get to yeah. it later. Mm-hmm. I just never knew anybody that was a broadcast fan. So like nobody ever turned me on to this. Right. I think that's what I was waiting for. And I, I'd always like, I think read- they were like a label person's album, you know, somebody's like way into it, it's like yeah. a label or like a city or something, you know what I mean? And then like, they're yeah. part of a larger whole of like, and I think there was so much music into. coming out at the same time that had the same vibe, like mm-hmm. even animal collective and stuff, stuff that we've covered on this podcast, I would say, yeah. Um, Beach House, TV on the radio, they they were they were adjacent to these bands, but I think they were kind of pioneers in this sound, this 2004 or early 2000s dream pop stuff. And uh, yeah, I just for whatever reason, I never g- got into them, and I think it was just because I never had a friend that was like super into them that like turned me on to them. And then it it wasn't until ten, Tender Buttons. I think I would read the. Um, like year end lists from Pitchfork or yeah. whatever tiny mixtapes, and they'd always be on there. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think I, or they'd be like on those other lists that are like, yeah, ones that just quite didn't make it or albums like, yeah. we missed. Spring, yeah, the twenty five underappreciated or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yep. And I, I dated a woman, and she had the CD of um, Tender Buttons, and I, I listened mm-hmm. to it, and I was like, this is good, but it was kind of like I just. I always meant to explore um, broadcast more. And it was weird. I always thought they were like older than they were. Like they, they, mm-hmm. they, they reminded me of like, like, wait, was there, were these one of these bands that like had their first album in like 1992 or something? Like they remind yeah. me of like, um, mm-hmm. of, uh, shit, I'm blanking on it now. Uh, uh, Nirvana. Stereo Lab or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. Stereo Lab. Saint yeah. Mercury yeah, Red. Yeah, or kinds like of bands. Enon or stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or Deer Hoof or something. Yeah. Um, I was always like, oh, yeah, why aren't they in the conversation with those types of bands? Uh, Mew came to mind. Remember MU? <laughs> that stuff. I, but I love this noisy. That's kind of my jam, like the noisy, groovy, melodic noise stuff. Like, Yeah. I, and yeah, it, big, yeah big it's Velvet a shame. Sky. 
I know, and well, I'll get to it in my current history, but yeah, what I reacted to on the this listen, but anyways, you know well, what we should call I this? Slept on them. I slept on them. The type of music they make, guys. I'm, I'm coming up with a new genre, eclectica. Huh? <laughs> Pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I don't blame you. Need to workshop that one. I, I don't blame. Uh, no, eclectica. Eclectica. Erectica. No, it's, oh, it's good. It's good. Exotica. It's, it's exotica. Yeah. Mm. Exotica kind of has some mm, racial undertones that I don't so, really. Care yeah. About, yeah. Uh, because it'd be like world music. Or it'd so be like tiki or just very. Yeah. Luau music. Right? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. But um, I think you can use it now at, because it references like the compilations and stuff yeah. that were like. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. It. It's not like it's a racist term or anything. I think it's yeah. just like there's some. Uh, in hindsight format. like it's, yeah, it's a little bit like was... they're pulling stuff from world like you're saying world news and things and maybe that they didn't give enough you know uh they didn't uh specify that that's that those those artists were contributing and they kind of just took their sounds or whatever so but, why do some genres yeah. get ica at the end of them other ones get core and some well, of them get electric, house electrica that's what it comes electronica from. We got gays too. You, you can't forget gays. Oh, yeah. You can't forget the gays. Can't forget it is June. It is June. Gate. Pop gate. Oh, pop gate. <laughs> Dream gate. That's more like, it's like instances though. Like it's like the situations. Yeah. You think music critics are lazy reporters just adding gate to things? Like that yeah, was the name of a hotel. Sense. That makes no fucking sense. No sense at all. <laughs> I think at one point there was gate gate, but I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, butter emails. Am I right, folks? Yeah, <laughs> I listen to a lot of I listen to a lot of Gaze Gate. Ah, ah cool. Hmm. <laughs> it's like it's like controversial shoegaze. Well, like Gaze Gate or something. <laughs> yes, you guys have been watching the Idol What's soundtrack up? to the Idol. No, I I I no 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 no. What the hell? I heard it's, I heard it's satanic. No, the biggest crime about that show is that uh, it's boring. Yeah, he. I've seen some clips, and he's um, a bad actor. Yeah. Yeah. And they took it I away think... from like a probably a more interesting uh, filmmaker. Yeah, she was. Oh, yeah. hold of... But then it was going to be get... all about vaginas or whatever, and you can't have that. <laughs> no, um, uh... Yeah, that's that's disappointing. I mean, especially since it sounds like the week Abel is fucking kind of a dipshit. And so is the, you know, the Euphoria guy is kind of a creepy asshole. So, you know, it's they are meant like, for each um, other. And the Nepo Baby. Nepo Baby is my favorite. My favorite uh, like, cartoon uh, show, Nepo Baby. You know what it is? It's like as if a show was trying to do like a 900 number phone sex. Oh, like from the, from like the, in the, the age of pornography. Where yeah. it's like, isn't this crazy? And it's like, not really. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> like a simple I, Google. I gotta, I gotta admit though, even those... watching any other HBO show, really, honestly, yeah, like real, real sex, sex in the nineties. Shout out, Taxi Cab Confessions. It Taxi almost Cab becomes G-string Confessions. That's a different. <laughs> it almost becomes puritanical in its depravity. It almost yeah, the kids they don't like the fuck or they don't uh... like fucking on on the screen anymore. What's going yeah. on? I'll be honest though, those those nine hundred. Like phone line commercials. Oh, I love those them. had an effect on me. I love them. 
Those, those are some <laughs> 3 a.m. rolls around. Some, some effective commercials. All right. Uh, they were just really well shot. <laughs> yeah. Should we uh, get to our current reacts? Yeah. Let's take a break. I got to go. Okay. Then you don't have to. Tell I got to go. I might not come back. <laughs> well, it's oh, up to well. you. I, I would because it's a good record, but okay. You know, it's up to you. <laughs> Caleb fucking Caleb pissed me off. <laughs> you you fucking pissed me off, dude. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what happened? Was this on or off, Mike? You fucking pissed me off. <laughs> no. Oh, let's damn. Take a little break. Right, well, it's, well, come back because it's going down. Folks. We'll do the current histories. No, yeah, this is a good right. album. Sorry, you've been so silly. It's a good album. We'll get into it. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's fun. We're but we're. You know what? You know what it is. It's because we're back to the main feed. Yeah, we're yeah. back we're to back OG. We're back, we're back to OG format. We don't have so, so much like, pressure to like theorize. Be profound. <laughs> make sure we're staying on format. Yeah, we can go back, back to, to the, the bit. The primordial yeah. soup. Yeah, for sure. Once this all came. All right, let's take a little little break and we'll come All back right. and talk about reacts and listen to this thing. Very nice. Good job. So I went to college with this dude and uh he was like talking about like what he dressed like in high school. He's wore like a trench coat and shit. I was like, Oh, are you like a goth? And he's like, No, dude, I was a rivet head. I was like, what the fuck is a rivet head? <laughs> and he's like, it's like a goth, but it's, it's you're like more into a, into industrial and not like uh like, like Marilyn Manson. Yeah, but he would probably be more like in a skinny puppy stuff that's like a little uh, bit like uh, a little bit yeah. more underground. Throbbing like scary shit. Yeah, that kind of yeah, that kind of the scarier kind of stuff. But that was like, a, did you guys ever go to uh, that record store in Santa Maria, the CD outlet? The oh. one that was over there where the, the party supply place is now? Yeah. Yeah. That was like rivet head territory. It was like <laughs> a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> but this dude, he did say, one of the funniest things I've ever heard somebody say was like, yeah, but after Columbine, everyone stopped fucking with me. <laughs> so I was like, oh, oh my gosh. Good God. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah. After Columbine, all those guys that were jacking off under trench coats. They're like, at least I don't have a fucking automatic weapon. Could be worse, honey. But wasn't the whole thing too like they they weren't actually part of the trench coat mafia? Like those, they were just like, no, they were just like lumped in with them or something. It was like yeah. a blood in, blood out situation. Yeah. <laughs> and now we don't fuck with the trench coat mafia. They were they were a different set. They're getting oh jumped in. man, yeah. All right. All right. So yeah, currently, you know, I think we've all given this album a good whirl past couple of weeks. So who would like to share their current um reactions? I can go. Current reaction, I was like, yeah, I never gave this band much of a go. And it was and it was kind of funny because they're like, yeah, it does remind me of a lot of uh things that I like. Like it does remind me of uh on the first listen, really. I'm sure I'd heard a couple songs here and there, but it reminded me of like, yeah, like the Velvet Underground and Nico reminded me of like Chelsea Girl in a way, like the Nico mm-hmm. solo stuff, Marble Index. And I just, I just really always appreciate that groovy, noisy stuff and kind of has a little bit of a jazz element on some songs. And I think they have a very defined sound. 
And they do a lot of stuff that like bands did in the 2000s where they had a sound and they were and they had so many influences but they had a very defined sound and they would just kind of graft their general sound on different influences that they had mm -hmm. like oh this is our girl groupy doo-woppy song this is our surf rocky song this is our more dancey art pop song you know they did that very well mm -hmm. and it, i i just think i I listened to a lot of bands at the time that were similar to this, like, yeah, uh, Stereo Lab, and I don't know what were some other bands that were similar to this at the time. That Did you I ever listen to like the clientele or anything like yes, that? Yes, yeah, 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 exactly, clientele and stuff. That I just kind of didn't lean into this as much as I should have probably because it's a great album. Like on this listen, I um, I've listened to it a bunch of times. Yeah, it has that. It has a very structured pop sound, but very noisy, which I like. And yeah, I was I was pleased that we did this album because yeah, I've i always been meaning to listen to this album, so it it didn't disappoint for sure. Noise, yeah, um, right on. Yeah, I can I can get into it too. Uh, so one thing that really struck me was just how well this all holds together considering mm -hmm. how sort of eclectic it is in its its sound i mean it's it's a lot of the same similar vibe but there's a lot of different things going on in terms of like the the textures they use the the different kinds of cheap synths or your junky synths they're using combined with samples and and the other things i think it's you know it, it, there's a lot going on but i think what really holds it together is that it's it's you know this kind of uh, maelstrom of sound, but then Trish Keenan's voice is sort of yeah. in the middle, anchoring it all, and it it works really well because she feels like she's a part of the music and above the music at the same time, so it doesn't feel like un unnatural or uh, at odds. It's very well mixed. That's another thing I I noticed on this one because it's very easy to get murky, obviously with tons of shit going on, but they keep it really you keep everything separated really well. Uh, you know, and then like the the rhythm section's really, really great. The drummer is he's a great drummer. As you're saying, Noah, there's like little jazzy influence stuff. There's like kind of almost breakbeat type things going on with the sort of more 60s style synthesis going on. Um, a lot of great stuff mixing together here to become, you know, kind of make this retro futurist dark 60s vibe that yeah, is like sure. I, I wrote here it's kind of the dark underside of that like optimistic space age bachelor pad music thing where that stuff is all very like electronic but like almost cartoonish like Jetsons yeah. or something like it's a very 50s view of the future this one is like it is the kind of the dark underside it is the David Lynch version right where he's very interested in like the dark side of the American suburban experience yeah. right and this is kind of like looking at the dark side of that like optimistic space race yeah. kind of ideal and like ray and the corroded version of it meets lou reed or something like yeah uh joe meek meets you know um i don't know but it, it, it's that kind of <laughs> it has that kind of like kind of dark kind yeah. of weird vibe to it joe you know? meek meets uh dusty springfield or something <laughs> that's that's actually pretty good pretty good description but again i'm always a sucker for any of this kind of stuff similarly to do you know where it's just like any kind of groovy, yeah, groovy kind of updated 60s thing. I mean, I love Stereo Lab. 
I've gotten to see them a couple of times and it just, it's, it's been always been great. So it's like, I wish I could have seen this band when they were at their prime. Um, unfortunately, you know, Trish Keenan passed and the band disbanded, but I'm glad that we have the music because they're criminally underrated and all of their records are great. As yeah. We're talking about like the, this record, obviously we really enjoyed, but the, the first record super good. Their first compilation, which was their first release, uh, has a lot of great songs as well. Um, so yeah, I think that hopefully this will get more people, at least more of our friends and our audience here, our small audience here to get into them because I, I think that they're kind of criminally underrated at this point. They're, they're definitely like a band's band, like the Velvet Underground were in the beginning where it's like, yeah, if you heard this band, you would be super inspired and love them. But you know, it, it's, there's only 50 people at the show, but all 50 of those people started a band. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They are criminally underrated where the music police are like, sir, have you been listening to color me in distortion? <laughs> I say these, defund the music police. Have you been listening to these, <laughs> all these songs by broadcast? All cops are bastards. Yeah, includes the music yeah, police. Yeah, that the music police and the grammar you, police. You and the karma arrest. police. Yep. You're under arrest for the crimes of underrating the band broadcast. <laughs> Underappreciated. But I gave him a four out of five. Yeah. I tried. <laughs> I just prefer <laughs> Beach House. <laughs> that is a fellow. Well, it was always more of an of Montreal guy. It's like, get the <laughs> yeah. fuck out of here. I like to develop permission to execute. <laughs> <laughs> it's Robocop arresting you. <laughs> it's IndyCop. Yeah, the new Detroit. Oh, IndyCop. That could be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh no yeah put that on the big board you have criminal underrated broadcast <laughs> indie cop all right well uh, caleb cool. uh, why don't we get to uh yeah your thoughts here yeah like i was saying like in the previous segment i'm like i'm a big tender buttons like fan got that on vinyl uh, i listen to it all the time you know like i, I really do love really kind of spacey slightly darkly tinged pop music you know that's like galaxy 500 or bands like that but it's cool i like this kind of kind of almost like a kitschier kind of more like well i think with like dream pop it's all like psychedelic based i think that was like a lot of like you know like the velvet underground or Bird. you know like those like dream syndicate those la bands that were kind of like the precursors to that and it always was just kind of like this take on psychedelic music but then it's kind of what other directions they took it in so it's been cool to discover this band and see how like kind of rooted in the production and the electronic elements of it they are you know compared to more bands that are kind of like more minimal but you know more traditional instruments you know for rock band at least but yeah so it's like it was really neat to like get into this album because like no was saying it's a lot noisier than their other albums. There's a lot of sharper corners to it. And yeah, but I thought I thought it was like a really tremendous album. It's like the, it has a really ambitious scope having a lot of tracks on here and like creating a flow to the album that's very like, like cinematic. I think I read something somewhere that their whole approach was to make soundtracks for movies that didn't exist. And you can definitely hear that in this movie. Um, see, in this album. Um, it, yeah, it has. Because even like you could say there's too many tracks or it gets a little bloated at times from like those 
kind of more experimental kind of textured songs that aren't full songs per se, but within the context of like creating a, a score or something, it, it makes a lot of sense, you know, cause you got to kind of have those peaks and valleys for it all to like tie together. It's almost like yeah. a mixtape or something. Yeah. Like, like yeah. a hip hop mixtape, you know, where there's yeah. a bunch of different ideas and experiments yeah. and things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But totally. But I think like at the core of this is like actually really solid, but simple songwriting too. They, mm-hmm. they layer on a lot of things and go in, you know, different avenues and um, try out different things. But I think like they kind of are rooted in kind of creating almost like folk music, you know, with, but just with all these accoutrements on it. Um, So yeah, it has all that, that whimsy and psychedelia of, you know, the sixties English bands. And, but then they layer the more like electronic elements on it to make it sound a little bit more alien, a little bit more, disorienting and but that's a that's a cool characteristic of it but it always kind of comes like you're saying adrian always comes back to her voice and that's kind of the the you know the driving element of you know each song yeah and it's just uh yeah it's cool i find i find it it's like it's like oddly kind of warped and dark you know in a lot of a lot of places i i wrote a note here is is this blackened twee music because I think if you looked at it or listened to this band through the wrong lens, you might hear bands that are more just straightforward indie pop, whether that's like Camera Obscura or like um, Stars or whatever, you know, it's like, but I think they, you know, to because it has that, like, that same like lush production and that really like yeah proficient playing and like crafting of songs. But I think it's they wanted to have it. Twee. Yeah, exactly. They wanted to have it sound a little bit more out there and a little bit more rooted in experimentation and like you other interests. You in a dream. You better wake up yeah. and <laughs> apologize. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, it was neat to hear about kind of their other influences that aren't necessarily musical, you know, because there is a whole other like category, especially in Britain of BBC releases or television shows that were just like field recordings and weird, like, sound experiments and all this like industrial sounds and all that's kind of part of the landscape and how they kind of incorporate all that into pop music is like pretty neat but they don't do it in a way that's has like their head up their ass you know it's like very yeah, sure. it's very sophisticated and intentional you know it has the ambition very um, euro. yeah it's very euro yeah exactly but yeah and it's just cacophonous in all the right places you know there's some kind of stuff that yeah. is yeah it makes you feel a little bit overwhelmed but then it kind of brings you back down with some you know sweet vocals and some whimsical lyrics and everything and then there's some songs that are just like straight up oh a lot to like kraut rock but like kind of the more bugged out stuff you know like brain ticket or purple blue or whatever who also did soundtracks so that makes sense wait yeah i might would hear that in there yeah it was just really neat to like to hear this album and just kind of hear all the different influences and all the different ways they were cra- crafting a sound and, you know, having, you know, the vocals and the the core instrumentation, like, and how they would build out a song from that. But then there's other songs, how they would build the song outward, you know, with all the electronics, but then they would harness those and kind of create, I don't know. It's just kind of, they had an inside outside thing going. I don't know if that makes sense, but um, no, totally. Yeah. How they're able to do that and vary that from song to song. Caleb, it, if I may interject here. 
Mm-hmm. I, I have my own little review. I haven't done this one in a while. This oh, bit. Are, are you? You're gonna? Okay. I think I know where this is going. All right. <laughs> Broadcast with their post-millennium monumental magnitude and attitude managed melodic mayhem, menacing the malaise of minimal men, mostly mingling and merging manageable melodies with millennial mishigas, making the most mundane <laughs> memories mistaking for makeshift music. Meanwhile, broadcast mostly makes good. Are you sure I children's books? <laughs> yeah. That I thought you were going to do the, I thought you're going to do the yet thing. That was this, the M review. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you're going to bust out the one from last episode, the yet, the yet no, reviews. No, no. We should get I'm a sponsorship to, from Yeti. We'll do a little segment. To go back to those like, alliteration. We bring Remember from Yeti. Bit? Yeah. No, that was good. Bit? And that totally works. That that like whimsical kind of, you know, wordplay and stuff totally fits this album. I think so. Um, well, let's hear it, fucker. Yeah, were you? Were no, you, yeah, that's that's all. Are I had you to... done? Yes, yes, I'm done. <laughs> that's all. I had to... <laughs> I'm mad at you. I'm mad at you. <laughs> I got a problem. Yeah, no, no, no. Fucking oh, really solid album. Really pleasant yet difficult. You know, um, oh, yeah, there you go. Do it yet. Yeah. Oh, I guess, I guess the other thing I wanted to, the last thing I want to say is kind of the, the retro vibe of it. It's like, it's this band's like, I mean this in all earnesty. It's like, it's both retro get futuristic. Yeah, like, um, it's, it's almost for, like, yeah. you know, like a lot of those, their contemporaries who are making kind of like, mo- not even modern, but like throwback psychedelic rock, like, you know, but kind of on the pop end of it, like the elephant six blokes you know like we've listened to like olivia tremor control and or what was the other one apples and stereo mm-hmm. like those bands used the kind of that had the same maybe influences and like would play all this kind of kind of the same amount of organs and the old d dario guitars or whatever you know and they have all the equipment and have all the but it's like their stuff was i don't know if it reached for contemporary influences too you know i think what broadcast is neater than those bands because they kind of sound like the speculative history you know it's kind of like yeah we're retro but we're like we're thinking of what if the retro bands were really forward looking and futuristic you know so it's like this they're yeah there was that whole la thing too caleb like yeah well you know like dumb or was that la uh, like the paisley underground stuff like dumb dumb girls or was that New York? Oh yeah, it was like L.A., San Francisco, uh, or even yeah. like Best Coast. It was kind of there was this girls. retro futurism yeah. kind of thing going on. Yeah, Shout out my homie Chris Rowans. Yeah, there you go. But um, but that yeah, was so, a vibe. They they were very contemporary, but like forward thinking. Yeah, but I feel very, like they were uh, citing yeah. they were citing bands that were futuristic. But from like a gener from two generations ago, influential, yeah, yeah, but like Soul Rapples or the United States of America, exactly, like yeah, artists were yeah. out of found, time, mm-hmm. yeah, they found resonance in that, and and so that made them sound both part yeah. of the past, but like you know, with a like a really yeah. modern, um, like sensibility. usually, like for me, like mid century modern, yeah, there you go. I feel like oh, there you go, Adrian. But I feel like on this podcast, I'm always evoking like velvet underground like we're a big band it's probably obnoxious but yeah they're a very influential band but this Mm -hmm. band like consciously 
references them in a very natural way, which is cool. Yeah. And, but also like, I, I'm not, I'm interested in bands that do sound like other bands. I think that's like a generally very interesting thing to listen for when you listen to music, but it's also like, I like bands that like channel the whatever vibe or the spirit, the spirit of a band yeah, yeah. and like, uh, or they like, they kind of have resonance with the band's ethos or mission, uh, mission statement of something, you know, but not necessarily like trying to sound like a verbatim copy of it. I'm like way less interested in bands. It's like, you know, that can do that. I'd rather listen to bands like, oh, what were they doing from like production standpoints or what were they doing from, you know, like they're trying to do more experimental things, you know, and like and honoring that and like using that as a launching point. But like kind of, you know, going into the future, because I think you got to keep things moving because it's like if you're always like recalling the past, it's like, where does that actually get you? Like That doesn't move the needle you know at all it just becomes become a groove robber yeah but then it becomes like you know if you keep making the same mixtape that just deteriorates and then then you have like and then it just kind of becomes this baseless thing you know and then there's nothing to influence that moving forward so yeah anyways good 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 job guys let's hear it broadcast who has a uh, slap good slap there caleb uh i I think that we share some. Yes. Uh, I think we share all of them, actually. I Caleb. think we, yeah, I think we all have one. And then, um, oh, wait, Noah doesn't have that one, but yeah. I think Noah, he has some different tracks. So why don't we start with yeah. you then, Noah, so we can. Uh, well, I have the first track. I feel like I am always have the first track as a slap. <laughs> if it's an album that I like, like the first song's probably got to be good. So Chances are that first one's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, color me in, which I think I texted you guys right when I heard it because I really never heard this album, honestly. And I was like, damn, this sounds like a weird ass electronic early 2000 version of like a, a Nico Velvet Underground song. It reminds me of like a, like a post 2000 version of like um, Chelsea Girls or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. Or like uh, all tomorrow's parties or something. Yeah, you've got well, you've got that like screeching viola, warbly kale viola kind of thing going on. But it's like probably made by something else. You know, it's like a right. It's probably a sample, a synthetic version of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because they have kind of like the um, you know, the the luck of hindsight and be able to like like look at what other bands were using for like instruments. And then they're like, Oh, what, what, what all other weird shit from that era? Which is like the coolest thing. Like, yeah. And pile onto it in, in yeah, a, you know, like, in a constructed, well thought out way. That's like the coolest thing, like Velvet Underground and stuff, like bands like that, they were like so punky and so raw, but they would like, they sounded like synthetic after a while, like, mm-hmm. it's like hammering, like an organ. Like it, it was what like, was to come about like um dialing music down to like notes and like manipulating notes and like sampling notes and like being repetitive yeah like like what jazz is and like what like hip-hop would be to to come where it's like just dial in on like one riff and like just like hammer it where it becomes like unorganic after a while like it becomes like a weird thing yeah 
Yeah, totally. And yeah, it's, it's like it becomes like elemental, you know. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it's less worried about making you all manipulate this noise. Everything, like everything's up for manipulation, but you still have a, like a coherent pop song. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. It's a, it's a kind of like the deconstructive mindset. But yeah, yeah, make it noisy. Yeah, hey, make it noisy. Make folks. it noisy. Make it weird. <laughs> Why not? Come on. That's what we're all about on this podcast. I think I. I'm so repeating myself all the time on this podcast, but like, that's what I like, like noisy weirdo stuff, like noisy melodic stuff. Like that's kind of what I like. Yeah. Good wheelhouse to be in. Uh, yeah, I love it. I love it. You the noisier a... the better. Absolutely. I never, uh, yeah, I got to get better on these timestamps, Adrian, but whatever. I mean, with Just this one, I think, we can, I think we can jump in from the start. You're going to pick the first song on an album. Just, you know, start it from the start. Yeah. So here we go. Here is Color Me In by Broadcast. Color spelled the English way. That sounds so much like... Nico. Yeah, let's get a little deeper. Let's Sounds like that John Kell viola sound like that. Mm-hmm. The Black Angels. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'll always be Sounds like early Rolling Stones. Great song. I mean, her voice sounds just so perfect. Uh, yeah. Let's skip ahead where it gets a little noisier, I think. Yeah, let's get towards the end. Maybe like 30 see. more seconds. These ones, they always get noisy towards the end. So let's see. Yeah. They're, they're, it's all about the buildup. Dope. Well, you got a taste of that. Let's see. Yeah. yeah, that was weird. It also reminds me of like the early era, like Pink Floyd. Yeah. Amagama. Or even the yeah, even like Pipers and Oh, yeah. Oh, Saucer. yeah. Way early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But they were just like really driven by the organ and stuff. But they always had like, yeah, it was always just like keyed up just a little bit too loud, you know, mm-hmm. kind of just yeah, deteriorate. Awkward. Yeah. On the verge of being true. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Yeah. We can go to think... the next one, Adrian. Go to the next okay. one. Um, you guys, check that song out. It's called Color Me and spelled the English way. Six it's songs. It's a great kickoff. It's a fucking weird song. It does this is sound after a this lot podcast. Like kind of a weird Velvet Underground song. It really sets the mood for the rest of the record, too, yeah. in like a, a great way. And then it's followed by a couple of bangers here. So I'll, yeah. I want to talk about the first one, the, which is the second track here Pendulum. That's that's um, on my list as well. That's yep. a good song. It's kind of like, it, it's such a like a prime example of the broadcast sound where it's like this sort of uh, looped drum sound, even though it's live drumming. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a, a keyboard uh, synth riff over it. And then there's a bunch of things going on underneath. And then her voice is floating over the top 
like kind of in a in a cloud and it's it's just all these pieces work really well together it's also kind of a, a banger so like yeah you start like, off kind of slow and then you get into the banger go ahead Caleb. yeah no it's like to, yeah it's a piggy bank off of that it's yeah it has a it has just like a driving motorette quality to it too that's why i said like this song and a couple others later in the album do you know a lot to um you know german bands or belgian bands of that time you know yeah, it, it it just has like a yeah, it's just like a more rockin' kind of psychedelic thing, but it's like repetitive. Um it's that kind of that trance inducing repetitiveness that makes all that all those jams good. But then just yeah, just stacking different sources yeah. of sound and everything. Yeah, but probably never... could have been a hit in two thousand and three, but it was too weird to be a hit. Yeah. Yeah, I think too everyone weird to live. Yeah, <laughs> you're too weird to live, dog, Adrian. Um, yeah, it's is uh, that a threat? <laughs> this is your weird invention, homie. <laughs> I don't. There's nothing really wrong with you. You're just fucking weird. Hey, let's weird, do your weird invention, <laughs> homie. Stop talking about the fucking phone booth from goddamn. Doctor Who, bro. <laughs> well, first of all, it's not a phone booth; it's a police box. Second of Stop all, wearing scarves. <laughs> it's the summer, bro. <laughs> um, but it's actually, weird Doctor Who. That's a that's an interesting thing that you bring up because that's a good bit. Let's it's very no, well. Do me, do me. A no, no. I, I <laughs> <laughs> no, Stop interrupting people. It's weird. <laughs> no, I was gonna say because. Like the Doctor Who theme song was the original version was made by the folks at the BBC Radiophonic uh, yeah. La- yeah, Labs. For sure. So they were doing a lot of the stuff that influenced broadcast. You know, I think actually the name probably is influenced by that sort of thing too. By oh, the for BBC sure. And, yeah. and all that. Because, yeah, the BBC was putting together a lot of weird early electronic music back in the day. And it sounds very much like, yeah, like the synth, uh, the synths on this where it's kind of noisy, kind of weird kind of melodic but kind of in an inhuman way or a not an organic way but yeah let's unless you have any more thoughts kill let's uh let's give it a listen yeah no let's, let's rip it cool here we go here is a little bit of pendulum by broadcast Yeah, so you get a little taste of that. That's kind of like the, the the retro futurist '60s vibes there. Yeah, for sure. Kind of a dark, I don't know, not go go, but kind of a dark sort of like dance vibe. Uh, and then here's a little bit more from deeper in the song. I think one thing that those motoric kind of motoric esque kind of drums help too is is kind of give it a hypnotic 
vibe. Like, yeah, a lot of these tracks really suck you in, and and it is kind of like a weird hypnotic, like liminal space kind of thing yeah. where you're just kind of like floating in between. Mm-hmm. Or that's what how it feels like when you're listening to these songs. Just kind dream. Of... <laughs> it's, it's a dream. weird invention. <laughs> um but you know it 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 is kind of like yeah you're 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 in the middle of this i don't know this this gray cloud and there's this like angelic kind of vocal in the middle and it just works it's it's uh you know it's referencing a lot of different things again less velvet underground i think this is kind of more of a this is one's kind of more like silver apples or something like that where it's a little bit noisier a little bit more darkly electronic in a in a kind of you know, vintage seventies, sixties way, uh, early seventies, late sixties way. But let's let's just listen to a little bit more before we move on here. Unless uh, Noah, do you have any any more thoughts or? No, great baseline. Mm, agreed. So here we go. Here's a little bit uh, more towards the end of track two, "Pendulum" by Broadcast. Sounds like can. Yeah, yeah, for definitely. sure. This is your weird invention. Everything sounds like can to you, Kev. I mean, I hear. Yes, <laughs> it's called having a can-do attitude. No, that is true, dude. It's like as much as you mentioned the Velvet Underground, I probably mentioned Krautrock like most episodes because it is like. To a certain set, but it's of so people. influential. Yeah, it, yeah. It's just like you can't not if you so could play music, can't not put that in there. You know, because you're just like, especially if you're informed by. So this is a music, experimental a inf- music, jazz. Music. Yeah, yeah. influential invention. It's the weird. <laughs> it's an influential invention. What are those called when you put words together like that? Is it a portmanteau? Yeah. So this is an influential. It's a poor man's Pormont too going on over here. <laughs> like, stop saying everything sounds punk rock. It's not true. If I everything sounds punk. punk rock, nothing is punk rock. That's uh, true. Do we have? Okay, so I think punk's an abomination. Nothing should be punk. People should be that's more. That's a good take, bit. Take it, themselves more influential seriously. Influential vision and then weird, weird invention. Right. Yeah, we're gonna work. We're gonna workshop these offline. Info. Yeah, write write that down. Write this down. <laughs> we'll talk about. It. We'll get back. All to right, it. let's go. We're, the we'll time is back. good. We've got to speed this up. <laughs> what? Okay, so where? Uh... <laughs> get somewhere to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who has the another track here? Um, I got one. All right. It's towards yep. the end of the album, uh, distortion. Oh, okay. It's an instrumental. It's so cool. It's like a fucking pure jazz drum song, you know. Reminds me of like Elvin Jones or like Max Roach or some shit. Like it's very jazzy. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of these kind of shorter, although this one's two minutes, but there's yeah. a lot of these kind of shorter interstitial esque yeah. kind of songs or like you're saying, instrumentals. Yeah. It's where... an influential. <laughs> Interstitial influential is what this song needs. The I think that the way that these work on the record are like not quite palette cleansers, but almost like palette enhancers or something. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's because they like they like help. They it's help. called weed, brother. 
<laughs> don't I know it? <laughs> but they help kind of like make the vocals because even be even more punchy. I don't know. It, it's it's interesting how they work because there are all these weird little experimental bits that are either full tracks like this or they're yeah. added to the end of other tracks where things will just go off the rails for 20 seconds at the end of a track or you know start getting more ambient or whatever or more noisy yeah uh, and it, it all kind of helps to serve to be to, to kind of be like we're always gonna get this is always gonna be noisy and there's always gonna be a lot of weird yeah textural shit going on but we're always going to bring you back to the center which is which is Definitely. trish keenan yeah and 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 that's something they're generally very interested in you know they're mm -hmm. like they're 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 interested in these little smaller scale experiments you know and things but they yeah. feel like that has just as much validity to be on the album as you know more like well, fully fleshed out song because it's mm -hmm. like no it's like we're we're in the studio or that has like you know that kind of that bedroomy quality where you're just kind of have a bedroom pop yeah. yeah where you're like experimenting with something that has like lower stakes but you know it still resonates and it still takes a lot of like forethought and editing and stuff to go into well and for them like part with of the this tapestry song, of the album is with you know, this song distortion where it's like you can't be that obvious in in your influence without being like very talented oh and yeah right this, this like if Good you're gonna copy. play a jazzy solo drum song you better be very good at the drums and this is a very good drum solo mm -hmm. yeah homie has chops i forget which of them is on this one oops because there's two drummers but i agree i think that no they're well served it's just fucking drums yeah they're well served by having a a good drummer uh yeah you know, i'm sure they could accomplish similar things with the loops and things but totally it wouldn't it would not have that same sort of organic feel that these songs have where it does feel like they're natural or they you know they're not too far into the like the electronic stuff like like a board of canada or something like that mm -hmm. where it is yeah. completely like you're immersed in the electronic yeah and you're only you using know? sampled instruments and yeah exactly yeah. um this this still has guitars it has dr live drums live bass along with all the crappy casios or whatever weird shit going on so yeah let's hear a little bit of this so here is distortion from broadcast That's dope. Sounds like a, like a really sluggish like chase sequence. Yeah, you know, a language <laughs> the drums. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like the drums are so on point. It sounds like a bebop. Yeah, drum solo. no, it's it's fucking cool. Yeah, let's hear a little bit more of this towards the end here. Sounds like Sun Ra. Yeah. yeah. Or um, it reminds me of. Uh, So yeah, you're getting a little taste of that, how things <laughs> kind of go off the rails at the end. The song is sick. It's a great song. And it reminds me a little bit of uh, Floating Points. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. It was all about kind of this weird, dark, yeah. kind of ambient, jazzy vibes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, great, great track. And, and also very different from a lot of the other stuff going on, right? In terms of like 
the feel of it. It is much more jazzy. It's a little bit more open, even though there's a lot of weird, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how to describe that, but the weird, te- weird sounds and textural things going on. Yeah, definitely creaky and creepy. Uh, but it works. It really it works. And then it goes. This back half has a lot of little experiments and things, and uh, yeah. it, I don't know. It just works really well. All right. But, What's another slapper? Yeah, let's let's finish her off with one more. Unless you guys had any whackers, but I don't think we'd have any. No. I like the song that comes after Distortion. Oh, how I miss you. Uh, yeah. Did you want to? Should we get into that? Or Kayla, did you have another one that you? Did you felt no, strongly? I think you had some more slappers, Adrian. Like, uh, I had one more. I'll play a little bit of mm-hmm. how, Oh How I Miss You because I like that song. Yeah, too. another for sure small one. But then we'll get into uh, into one of my other bangers to finish it off. Sweet. Here's Oh How I Miss You. An animal collective. Yeah, I think animal I, collective I, wishes. <laughs> I wrote kind this of about, right, Caleb. Like they own. This is a better version of what Animal Crossing does. <laughs> yeah, Animal Crossing would be like. I'm gonna wake Caleb. Oh wait, play a little bit of that. That's such a sad, good delivery. That where that's what reminds me of Nika. Like that party. Yeah, it's kind of... It's like a sadness amongst, like, affectate, like, amongst, like, the... Yeah, amongst being harsh, like, noisy, yeah. Yeah, well, because they they saturate her voice, too, like, with tape saturation, so it's... it's But it's a very sad sediment, but, like, being very angular and, like... Yeah, kind of weird. Kind of, yeah, uh, challenging, off-kilter. And also, one thing I did write about another song that's similar, actually the next song, The Little Bell, which kind of has a similar vibe. Uh, I I wrote that that song, too. Yeah, great, great song. The last three songs on this album, or four songs, are incredible. Yeah, it's very strong one. Yeah, and then that last song, actually, speaking of Animal Collective, is a very strong kind of Animal Collective vibe song. But I, I wrote about the little bell, and I think it applies to Oh, How I Miss You, too, is that it sounds kind of like an inverted beach house song. Uh-huh. Like, whereas theirs kind of like, you know, the re- reverberates out, like this kind of reverberates back in on itself or something yeah. like, you know, I, I don't know. It's it's yeah. kind of hard to describe, but that's sort of how I felt. It's kind of like yeah. a kind of a skeletal version of, of what they yeah. do. This song felt oddly familiar. Was this song in a movie or something? I don't know. You know, it may have been because their songs you know, have been movies. featured in a lot of bit of movies. So it, I would be surprised if they were. Reminded but me so much of an animal collective song or beach house or something. Beach house song, yeah, yeah. Um, what I like about these songs is like the themes of them are like longing or like, like sadness or like things that are adjacent to romance or whatever. But it's it's cool how like the chemist like it kind of emulates someone's brain chemistry being off. You know, it's like disoriented. Mm -hmm. You hear some sad songs and you're like, well, if you were really that sad or depressed about something, like you you seem pretty put together to like sing like in in a completely like, you know, technically sound or like formalized way you know but i like oh, shit yeah. that's like no this sounds more like the kind of emotional state of somebody who would be 
experiencing heartache or whatever. It's it sounds like all fucked up and you know out of focus and everything you know and that's kind of yeah it's a little that's more accurate to like the, the life Got a little of the bit mind. of a black eye yeah yeah uh, definitely a little scuffed up yeah. um yeah but that's what gives up. it its charm you know fucked that's what gives up. it its uh its flavor yeah it sounds uh, fucked up <laughs> It's all fucked up. It's scary. Um, and that's it when scares that's me. when you can use like production and <laughs> electronic instruments to like emulate that kind of stuff and like personalize them a little bit more. So it's a noisy groove, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Let's finish it off with one more that I do want to talk about. Back at the beginning of the record, it's Uh-oh. the third track. First which... things fucking last. Last <laughs> things first. <laughs> Whatever that is. Um, but this one's kind of a more of a dreamy, dreamy one. Yeah. It's got great textures, there's nice guitars and synths, and good song. I think some samples on there. But I wrote that it's dreamy in the way that a grainy picture from long ago is. You know, dreamy in the way that like a like a like an old like an iPhone 7 picture. <laughs> sure, sure. But you know, it has kind of a weird nostalgia that you can't place that's that's you know again liminal you know uh, that word's overused these days but it's that kind of feeling of of not here or there or you know whatever yeah for sure um it exists outside of a time but i i think it's just it's really a great song and again it's like these first three songs really prime you for the rest of the record yeah uh, you know you get every bit of it you get the noise you get the dreaminess you get yeah. some of the, the kind of yeah. rock banginess and I think yeah. it's like they're probably like their biggest attempt at a single too. I mean, it has the most plays on this album. Yeah, uh, you might say it's a post-millennium monumental <laughs> magnitude and attitude managed melodic mayhem menacing the malaise of minimal men, mostly mingling emerging manageable melodies with millennial mishigash, making the most mundane memories mistaken for makeshift music. Meanwhile, broadcast mostly makes good. Well, I wouldn't say that, but you can. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> uh, but yeah, unless you guys had any other thoughts, we can get a little uh, no. into I can listen to this get. album all the time. Yeah. It's very yeah. It's a, pleasant Before we album. begin rules, I, I think that and like Man is Not a Bird, those two oh, songs yeah. are like they're, I wouldn't say kind of the biggest songs on, you know, like they have the biggest sound and it could, yeah. you could hear it as like, oh no, this is, you know, similar to a bell and sebastian or something like that but sure. you know uh, kind very, of ref- i think well, they're in more influential like than more upbeat and a little bit more large bigger sound but you know yeah it's like it's a it's little more bit more widescreen more more fucked yeah exactly i think they're more singular and yeah more than you would think about but they can not- go big and they can go and do go big and broad i think those two songs are and I, but I, it's, yeah. it's, it's it's their take on it you know mm-hmm. yeah but i think they're more um yeah i guess for a band that's not considered influential they have a more singular sound than you would think yeah for, totally yeah they're very very much themselves like you, yes, you listen exactly. to a couple of seconds on one of their tracks you can pretty much pinpoint it as one of their tracks so yeah, let's get into this. So here is Before We Begin by Broadcast. Wait, we already, we already started them. We already began. Oh, 
It's like if a girl group was, yeah, it was like all like the lady from the radiator from Eraserhead. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) totally. Or things are just it's off, but it's it's still kind of familiar, you know. Oh yeah, Adrian, it's a girl group, but then like rather than having like the the chorus of voices backing her up, it's like a echoing like kind of it's like a recording of a recording noise. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like a like a tape where, machine that's fucked up or something. Yeah, where the backup vocal should be, it's like a a distortion sound is. Yeah, and it's just it's so good. Uh, yeah. Let's hear a little bit more of this. So here's a little bit more before we begin. Back to the Nice. Great drumming too. Lovely. Just really, really strong. Really strong track. We rate this bad boy. Yeah, let's get into it. Well, let's get into it. We'll give it a eight point nine. Oh, nice! Wow, very nice, very nice. Caleb, I yeah, I you know I've been thinking about it. At first, when I was listening to it, I was like, I thought some of the thought it was a little bloated. I thought there's some like. Some yeah. of those more minor tracks kind of like got three songs got in the way of there. momentum, and yeah. I, it wasn't so much their existence. Is I think it was the way they sequenced them. I think they like stack a couple of them where it's like back to back interstitials. But taking a step back from that, listening in this totality, I think that totally works, and that actually gives it a lot of charm and everything. So I'm going to give it a nine point two. Oh, I think it's a, I think it's a really really ambitious and a, it's a good it's a good achievement wow. from a pretty whoa. strong band. I, wow, I agree. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, <laughs> yeah, very brave of you. I, I'm shocked. Oh, I'm, I'm going to give it the lowest, the lowest one here. I mean, I'm in two, <laughs> six, four. No, um, I love this record. I love this band. They've become one of my more, you know, cherished listens. Let's say, in terms of of things these days, just because it's just like it takes a lot of stuff that I love and puts it all together in a really yeah. fantastic package. So I'm going to give it an eight, six. I, I think it's a very strong record. I still think that I personally, I still gravitate towards their first record just because it is a little bit more dreamy, mm-hmm. but I think this is a solid, strong record. I love this record. I think that everyone needs to hear it. Everyone needs to hear this band because they're, yeah, yeah they're, they're, they need more ears. They, they're, we need to hear more of this. Yep. Band. <laughs> Amen Get off to that, your ass and listen to broadcast. That's what I tell I people. I mean, truly, they are very fucking good. Yeah. yeah. Can I say that? Can I say yeah. fucking? You, we, this <laughs> can is we a, curse? This is, this is a curse. Oh, shit. Podcast. Can we, oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> we'll take uh, that out. We, well, no, beep it all. but I mean, all right. if you like Stereo Lab, if you like any of these artists that we've yeah, talked about, exactly. like these will these guys will be straight up your alley. So yeah, throw yeah. it on. Caleb added right. up eight point nine, baby. Nice eight point nine comes out to a solid eight point nine. Sounds what I said. Yeah, you yep, nailed it. You win. Good job. And we are back. So yeah, eight point nine, strong showing for broadcast. 
<laughs> sound. All right, we're coming to the terminus of this episode, but first, um, yeah, we should. Uh, well, what happened to this band? Homegirl passed away sadly, and they dropped two collab albums, or they did Tender Buttons, and there's like those two collab albums, and there's like the rarities. Yeah, they released um, a number of other, you know, EP singles and things like that. Yeah, but and um, and then a couple of members left and formed other bands. But See anyways, me. some of the some of the. <laughs> have you ever heard my theory about the who is that it is nobody's favorite band yeah it like, is the who? biggest band that doesn't have, have somebody a... saying it's this yeah is my like zeppelin band. someone's favorite band <laughs> there's no like the... sabbath someone's favorite band but it no has favorite band is the, who. Is the who like, like the 70s but weirdly behind. someone's favorite album could be like tommy but... yeah or quadrifugi or whatever right um whatchamacallit the synthy one uh Who's oh, next? Who's is next? A good album. That's actually yeah. That album rips pretty hard. I will yeah, say. Yeah, I like that album. Yeah, but still, think about it. If you could, if bring me the who's my favorite band person, uh, I will buy you a soda. I like the song "Teenage Wasteland." Because <laughs> Baba O'Reilly. What? That song's called Baba. It's <laughs> not even worth a joke. This. Everybody knows that's the name of the fucking song. That's from right. Freaks and Geeks, but whatever. So fucking stupid. <laughs> but yeah, they, so yeah, they, some members left, some members stuck on until, uh, unfortunately, Trish Keenan passed from, I believe, pneumonia caused by the aforementioned bird flu, swine flu. Swine flu. Uh, yeah, swine flu. Uh, so yeah, unfortunately, this band is no fucking more. Pigs. Um, <laughs> evergreen statement all right yep. so Great. we end should we end the episode no it's good at gaming a, yeah you got a game for us you're the game master game i got a quick uh quick a little quick game, hitter if i can talk quick game here pitchfork price is right i have up here the uh pitchfork 2003 best of top 50 albums year-end list i'll give you okay. uh an album you tell me where it ranked and whoever gets closest wins okay okay here we go you ready for this dizzy yes. rascal boy in the corner one out of 50 where do you think Ooh. pitchfork it was placed pretty it high it was very high if i, I recall think, i want to say top 10 i want to say Ooh, maybe top 20, but I want to say eight. Feeling eight. Caleb? I want to say it was like number three. Oh, whoa. Way high. Wow. You guys are both over. It was number 12. 12. Okay. Uh, I knew it was in the top. That is racist towards (laughs) English people. (laughs) Oh, yes. I can't wait to do that album. It's so good. Oh, okay. I got. I got one here. This is the album that I think like nobody fucking remembers, but like <laughs> I do and I like it and I all of us like it. And it was like an important album for us. Mew, M-U, Afro Finger, Finger and Gel. Or Afro Finger and Gel, yeah. Does nobody fucking talk about this album? No, no, no because they got replaced in my brain from the Danish man Mew. So <laughs> too I, many I remember. No, this I think album is so fucking good. They had that song with Jay weirdly criminally never underrated. Back. Does nobody <laughs> care about this fucking album? I think what happened is they just kind I think of it got retconned. Put, they never yeah. put anything else out that was up. Um, well, where is it? No. Where do you rank it? Okay, so that one, 
Ooh, I want to say that was towards the back half. I'm going to put it at 36. I believe it's around there somewhere. Yeah, I'm gonna... yeah that'd be wrong. Man, the Mew, Afrofango. What was their deal? What was the deal with that? It's like electronic, experimental. Yeah, they usually kind of they're like craft that work. Yeah, yeah, they're a little as fuck. Yeah, they're they kind of like broadcast a little bit. Yeah, a they little kind bit. of park that shit in the back. He didn't say 36, so I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna maybe guess 28. Maybe they were feeling a little generous. No, that's the thing. They were one back from uh did you rascal? They were 13. Oh what? Whoa. Wow. So that's like that's weird. That goes like, to me. Pitchfork made it 13, but I think it's like an album that like nobody knows and nobody talks about. No, I think. I think some people like will say that they're like if you're cool, like you'd be like, oh, that's what was an influence on my record. But yeah. I don't think that it gets anywhere near the acclaim that it did back in okay. the mid aughts. I got a good one here, Caleb. You love this album, oh. Aesop Rock Bazooka. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I shit my Is the speaker wire. Yeah, what does he say? <laughs> I shit my pants because I'm a fucking rapper. This one, jeez. I'm going to say Oh, 44. there's lyrics in the... 44. I ordered a hovercraft off the back porch of an Archie comic built in three days and thought about snarky comments. My gills called the East River rock bottom home. The three-eyed guppies and the seahorse mutation. See you, Nork, as HRO. What? That's a very That's, hot pot. That's a very hot coffee that. pot. I'm sure his cadence sounded better than what I said. <laughs> I give up after. Oh, here flow, you go. Personally, with details, Thomas Pinchon would. Oh, Labor Days. That was the one. Bob I like. Barker sent yeah. to destroy New York. That's terrible. All right, yeah. what do you say it is, Caleb? Dude, white hip hop. I feel like, oh, man, I'm gonna be gonna say this, but I'm probably be so wrong. I think they kind of rated white hip-hop properly back then of a certain type so it's not even on the, the sage francis's of the world yeah i feel like they were not that bad with that kind of shit in terms of like they rated it lowly as they right. should guess quickly we're going on 43 okay or adrian i said 44 no shit no, it's, sorry I didn't it's mean 30 Whoa. Oh, so you're closer. You, you did the fucking prices right. Yeah, I didn't even realize. Sorry, was, I was <laughs> no, so incensed with having to think about fucking. All right, Aesop one more. Rock. Make it quick because we're getting over two hours. <laughs> All right, uh, time, Victor Von Von Bill villain. Okay, uh, that, that one. Now there's an album. That one's a great album. That one's high. <laughs> oh, was it high though? Was it high? Okay, I'm gonna say twenty three. Um, I feel like they got. Yeah, I'm gonna say twelve. Adrian Three had twelve tw- and thirteen. Adrian oh, got shit. it twenty-five. Damn. All right. In the middle. Caleb, end the episode. You guys right. both lost, motherfuckers. <laughs> we all lost because we had to listen to Aesop Rock um back then. Whoever wins, we lose. We all lost in the game of toss and pitch and fucking I can't pitch. <laughs> That's pretty good. That is pretty good. All right. Thank you, folks, for listening. This has been our uh, broadcast. The broadcast is now going off the air. That was our ha-ha sound episode. Yeah. Come back next week when we stay in this corner of the world. And uh, because it's going to be a proper grimy episode, isn't it?
because we'll be covering 2003's Boy. Boy in the Corner by Dizzy Rascal himself. Fuck yeah. Ooh. Um, this should be a really fucking fun episode. It's I'm really looking forward episode. to this. I already started uh, listening to it. Bang. It bangs. It was played we, a lot. The hold that album had on our friend group for like a yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. Everyone, I remember the day. The minute Everyone dug it. It was, yeah, people could recite it. Yeah. A lot of sessions, a lot of drinking, a lot of a sesh, a lot of cues. Good I sesh. Love you. I know. <laughs> I good... love you. Is yeah. it the best record ever produced on a PlayStation? <laughs> it's close. <laughs> it might be. We're gonna have to do so. That's that's why we got a crack researcher. It's to, one of the to top. To help us determine that. It's one of the top <laughs> one hundred hip hop albums. Yeah. Certainly. Yes. For sure. Well, let's save that for the for a couple of weeks. We'll do that for a tournament. Yeah. Top 100 hip hop album. But um, yeah, you know what I was thinking though, it's a shame that these these the entity these two musical entities never got to collab. The one from today mm. and then the one from next episode. They never did. Uh, I would have liked to hear match. that. Yeah. yeah, broadcast featuring Dizzy Rascal or Dizzy Rascal yeah. featuring broadcast. That would be cool. That'd be cool. But anyways, thank you to Kiki for our slapping theme song that you heard y'all heard in the opener. Thank you to Adrian for all your production and uh, research work. Thank you, Noah, for keeping this moving in the games. Um, and most of all, thank you to our listeners for keeping us inspired, keeping us, you know, going here. Um, make sure you follow us on our socials at Wacker Slaps on Instagram and Twitter and Letterboxd. Please come talk some shit via email at wackerslaps at gmail.com. That's wackerslaps at gmail.com. We're totally open to take suggestions too. So there's an album you all want to hear. Just let us know. Just email it to us. Yeah. We're open suggestions. We have a list we work off of, but as you know, yeah. things are pretty loosey goosey around here. So we need more. We, re- we need more reviews and likes on fucking whatever iTunes or wherever you listen. Like wherever follow. you listen. Was it like, follow, subscribe? Yeah. Yes. Right. Helps us so, help us out, folks. Like, like yeah. our shit. Yeah, we don't want to be the podcasters podcast. We don't want to be the broadcast <laughs> of podcasting. Lick you know, when it's all said and done. Oh, wait, like our shit. <laughs> so okay, 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 okay. For Noah and Adrian, this has been Caleb, and this has been Wacker Slaps. And as always, hey mate, what made me walk you famous? And it. Sweet. Bye. <laughs>